0: Hello and welcome to Integral, a foster and foster podcast. My name is Travis Smith. Today's episode is going to focus on how we work closely with our clients to educate and advocate for the defined benefit pension plans. Joining me today will be Heidi Andorfer, one of our senior actuaries in our pension practice. Enjoy the episode. Uh, Heidi, where are you joining me from today?
1: I am working, um, I work remotely full time from my office here in Mendeley, Illinois.
0: Great, thanks. My name is Travis Smith and I will be working with Heidi from our Naperville office. Today we're going to be talking about uh, how Heidi works with her clients and solves problems with related to Divine Benefit pension plans. Uh, So as we get started here, Heidi, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to Foster & Foster, how you became a pension actuary, just kind of your short story of uh, how you became um, a pension actuary.
1: Sure. So so I've been in the industry for 25 years now. Um, The first 18 years I was focused on retirements and benefit consulting with corporate level clients. Um, I came to Foster and Foster in 2014, and my focus here has really been on the public pension side, which which I've really enjoyed. It's it's a much different world um, coming from corporate to the public side. Um, first of all, the the biggest difference is that their plans are still open, and they're not you know shutting down pension funds across the country. So that's that's always a positive for us. Um, but we do think that you know pension plans are are the best vehicle to deliver retirement benefits, so it's exciting to be in an environment where those kind of plans are um, valued. So um, I do spend a lot of time educating my clients on issues related to their plans. I've spoken at these topics at various conferences across Illinois and uh, happy to speak with you here today.
0: Great, thanks for being here. I think you'll find that's a theme throughout Foster and Foster is sort of um, our senior consultants and actuaries. We really are passionate about educating, advocating for the people that we work for, whether that's in the pension field like Heidi or in the healthcare field that I live in from day to day. And so I, I think you'll hear a common theme there. The other thing I did want to mention, so Heidi, you're obviously very talented because I know you graduated from the University of Illinois, which is uh, kind of makes you an outsider at Foster & Foster when you're compared to Brad and Jason and myself being University of Iowa grads, right? So to get
1: a job in light of that, but, you know, they overcame that.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's jump right into the um, nuts and bolts of our topics today. So uh, the first question I wanted to ask you was, are there any examples of how Foster & Foster has worked with clients to educate them on those issues regarding their pension funds?
1: Sure, Travis. Um, We've been doing a lot of consulting on helping clients understand the impact of the funding policy on the current and future contributions and funded status. Many times folks don't realize how the funding policy will play out over time or how their current assumptions could be leading them to bad outcomes. Um, and specifically think of things like the payroll growth assumption, which builds in an annual increase to the pension contributions through the amortization payment on that unfunded liability. It's often higher than what the um, village or city finance um, folks are, are budgeting. Um, and, and so that's usually a surprise to those folks. A recent example that comes to mind is some work that we did with a relatively new client. We were hired as the actuary in 2019 by the new finance director and her team. And this has been a great team to work with. Um, They, right out of the gate, they've had a desire to understand the issues at hand, and we're very open to learning um, about ways to address these issues. They were able to identify them. Um, Usually there's a learning curve here where we're having to educate clients that these problems are here in the first place, Um, but they, they came in you know, almost bringing the problems to us uh, before we had a chance to come to them. Um, getting that point is usually the first big big step here. Uh, their primary concerns were really those annual contribution increases. So every year the actual number was coming back higher and higher. And again, it was higher than what their budget would predict um, you know, based on something more inflationary. Um, and then that led to a lack of progress in the pay down of the unfunded liability. Um, which, you know, when you see a contribution's increasing, but you're not making progress can be a frustrating idea. And then the lack of improvement in the funded status um, as a result of all of this. So the funded status was, was pretty stagnant over that timeframe. Uh, this plan has consistently seen negative cash flow as well, meaning the benefits and expenses being paid out were higher than that was coming um, into the fund by the way of contributions. And in addition, they had only recently come out experiencing uh, negative amortization in this fund.
0: Yeah, let me jump in there, Heidi. Um, it, it sounds as you describe sort of some of these challenges. That it seems to be some similarities between, I guess, pension benefits and and maybe what our listeners would see with their home mortgage.
1: Sure. Yeah. It's 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 very similar in concept. Um, what negative amortization? is if you envisioned going to a bank and asking for a mortgage that is tied to your salary. So at the beginning of your mortgage, if you have a 30-year mortgage at the beginning of those 30 years, your salary is much lower than it will be at the end of those 30 years. And if you envision that you are going to tie your mortgage to say be 20% of your salary annually, you can picture how at the end of those 30 years, your payments are much higher than at the beginning of those 30 years. So that's that's basically the way these funds have been amortizing their unfunded liability, and so the problem with this is that negative amortization will happen on those early years because those payments are so low, with the expectation that in future years you're going to get much higher contributions coming in, um, and so a lot of funds don't understand how that's that's working. And so the payroll growth assumption doesn't seem like a very powerful one until until they really start to see how that plays out in terms of those contribution increases.
0: Yeah, very interesting. I would say one of the other things that sort of came out of that discussion that you just had there, I think early on you mentioned um, how you know the budget of salary increases didn't align with what the assumptions maybe were on the pension plan. Was is is part of that? Just really communication and making sure that um, you know whatever the actuary might be assuming for salary increases is in line with what the budget is for the city.
1: There are a lot of discussions that happen around that. Surprisingly, we don't see this payroll growth assumption nearly as connected to the actual payroll growth of the fund as it probably should be. Um, And that's something we've been trying to change. If you have a city that's growing and they are increasing departments, um, headcounts and such, then then it might be more reasonable to have that higher payroll growth assumption. But in in most um, cities, we see more um, steady growth inflationary at best, really. And that's usually how things are being budgeted. So when we're coming in with much higher contributions annually that exceed that inflationary type growth, it can be staggering for the villages, especially over several years as they see those those higher increases compound.
0: Interesting. So I guess as a result of all of those sort of discussions in this example. um, Was was the village able to kind of make changes that uh, turned the pension plan around?
1: So the first thing that they they did was pull in the village finance committee. Um, The folks at the village had a very good understanding what was going on. And we had spent a lot of time with them making sure that they understood how these things played out over time, Um, but more with words. And so We did the same thing with the village finance committee. They did bring us in both in 2019 and 2020 to those, those meetings. And we did invest a lot of time educating the finance committee on these, these issues. Um, Ultimately where we ended up was proposing a um, building a modeler for them because it's one thing to talk about the issues. It's a whole nother to show them Um, what the the issues will, how they'll play out over over time with real numbers and real numbers that are their numbers. And so we were hired at the end of 2020 to build a dynamic modeling tool that would help drive some of these points home for the Village Finance Committee. Um, You know, it's one thing to talk about these things, but showing them just has a lot of power. So we built this tool um, and this tool, it, it It allows for dynamic modeling on the fly. Um, You can change things like the interest rate. Um, You can make assumptions about how the investment experience will play out over time. Um, The payroll growth assumption is, is programmed in there to be dynamic as well. Amortization methodology. So currently a lot of funds in Illinois are still tying off of a closed amortization period with a 2040 end date because that is in Illinois statute. However, the Funding policy does not have to be tied to statute. Illinois statute is really a minimum. So as long as they're contributing higher than what Illinois statute says, they can do whatever makes sense for them in terms of amortization methodology. And and so we have programmed in this tool the option of moving to an open amortization method or a layered approach. Um, Open amortization is, is probably the more popular approach we've seen funds adopt these days when it comes to updating funding policy and uh, I don't know if you know much about what the differences in the amortizations are but but open amortization is effectively in, in the first year, say you, you move to a 15year open amortization, you'll amortize that unfunded payment over 15 years. And because it's a shorter time frame than the 2040 end date at this point, you see more payments going towards principal and actually making progress towards paying down that unfunded liability. However, if you were to continue to reduce that 15 years in the next year to 14 and 13, similar to how a mortgage would work, right? Every year it, it goes down one more. You know, you have one more one less year to pay down your your mortgage. Instead of that, basically you're you're getting a, a new mortgage, you're reamortizing your your loan over another new 15 year mortgage, and you just keep resetting that 15 years. So you don't necessarily ever fully pay off the unfunded in a theoretical sense, but you're always addressing principle, which has been the problem, especially in Illinois for, for the last several years. Um, in addition, you're able to um, vary the amortization period. So at this point, as I mentioned, a lot of funds are keying off that 2040 date in Illinois. Um, this tool allows you to change that amortization timeframe to see how quickly you can spread these payments out and you know how much you can afford over various time frames. Um, The target funded ratio can can vary. Now as actuaries we always recommend funding to 100 percent but Illinois statute says to fund to 90 percent so it's not uncommon that we get questions especially from finance committees who are looking for ways to sometimes save money to consider um, a, t- a lower target funding ratio that ties to statute. As I said, not recommended, and, and we didn't end up going down that path here, but we did have the ability to model that. Um, and then, of course, we, we also have the tool built to just allow for ad hoc contributions. Sometimes villages know that they're going to get an influx of money from one source or another in a year or two, and, and they want to the ability to build that in as well. As well.
0: Yeah, the, the, the tool sounds very interesting. I, I think, you know, I, I would say even on the health side, our, our clients really appreciate sort of that real time, you know, if I change X, then Y, you know, what happens to Y and some of those things. And they actually see those changes. So it sounds like um, the sort of live modeler that you guys had built for this client um, really helped facilitate the discussion and sort of ultimately lead them to be able to make changes that were going to improve the pension plan. Is is that kind of what happened?
1: So we completed this tool in 2021. Um, The beauty of this tool is that it's provided to the client with some training, of course, and this allows them to model items on their own. Um, This exercise itself is pretty educational. The client is able to get a real sense for how changes to various items will impact the contributions and the funded ratio in the future. Um, And because it offers numbers in real time, you can see how short-term budget increases can really stabilize the future contribution level and stop this perpetual growth in the annual funding requirements, which was really the number one issue with this client. Um, so after the client had an opportunity to um, acclimate herself to the tool um, and you know we had some discussions with her re- related to how we wanted to uh, illustrate things for the finance committee, we came to the finance committee in February with the tool in hand. Um, At that point, we were able to use the tool to illustrate points during the meeting and really show them the problems that we had spoken to them about in the past. So this wasn't theoretical anymore. They could actually see what their numbers were going to look like based on current funding policy and based on different adjustments that they can make to the funding policy um, and and see which helped them. You know, now we have live numbers. Now they could actually take um, the numbers from the tool and, and translate that into how that fits into the budget. Um, it, and it also made it very clear that status quo was not an option. So as much as we had been trying to drive that point home historically, I think we had gotten there somewhat with the finance committee, but without numbers, it's really hard for them to take action. So after some very good and, and challenging questions and discussion about ways to address some of these issues, um, we were tasked with making some adjustments to the tool. They were concerned about jumping to any approach too quickly. So we built in some phase-in approaches to the tool. And we came back to these enhancements in March. Um, And we really focused the discussion on narrowing narrowing down to a more palatable funding policy, taking into account competing factors such as intergenerational equity, which was a really big point for them. They were concerned about increasing the contribution too much today. um, While that might offer some stability in the future, they felt like we were um, not allowing for the taxpayers today to get a break, um, you know, at the expense of future taxpayers in their community, which was which was a good point. Um, and understanding how projected growing cash flow would, would get out of hand without putting a funding policy in place. Um, so after the second finance committee meeting, the finance committee was sort of done with us at that point. Um, you know, they it was a really good and lively discussion but it's 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 a lot of detail and um, you know a lot of detail on one pension fund out of all of the things that they look at so at that point we felt like the finance committee had given enough direction to the finance director on what needed to be done with respect to funding policy so She drafted their first ever funding policy. We worked with her to review this and added some suggestions. And in April of 2021, the village board adopted the policy, um, which we were really happy about. Um, The outcome was very good. They did phase down to a 2.5% payroll growth assumption from the 3.5 assumption that they had been using. They're going to phase down over a four year period. Um, Again, going back to that budgeting concept, if you think about 3.5% increases in that payment on the unfunded, you can see how that would very quickly outpace what um, budgeted, you know, budgeted amounts would look like. 3.5% is high in this environment. And so bringing it down to 2.5% is a better place to be. Um, in addition, they did like the open, method, open amortization methodology and did elect to move to a 15-year open amortization. However, moving there quickly was going to be painful. Um, They were still amortizing over a 20 year period. So if you shorten that down to 15 years, you can see how the contributions would have increased rather steeply in year one. So what they decided to do instead was phase down to that 15 years by just continuing on the track that they're on now. So they go from 20 to 19 to 18. And once they get to 15, at that point in time, they will begin to reamortize each year over that 15 year period. So that way they didn't have that short-term pain of that change now, but within the next five years, we'll get them to where they need to be long-term. Um, and this ensures that they're always addressing principle now in a significant way. Um, they will be spreading things out over the 15-year period, which will mitigate that volatility that arises with gains and losses. If you have too short of a period, you could see more volatile contributions, and, and that's something that's never desirable. Um, and really the, the one thing that was... Um, sort of the caveat here is the funding policy really needs time to work to be effective. And the Village Finance Committee was very nervous about putting this in for any significant length of time without um, reviewing it. So they did add the provision that it will be reviewed at least every three years. Um, but really the intention is to stick with this for a much longer time frame than that um, so that it is it has time to do what it was written to do.
0: Great, thanks, Heidi. That's that's great. Uh, it sounds like, you know, again, following a similar theme with all of our clients, that you're able to identify a problem, create a customized solution designed specifically for that client, and then really educate um, the key decision makers at that client so that they could come to the right decision, if you will, uh, for the problem that they are trying to solve. So, uh, great work there. Um, I'm glad to hear all about the. You know that the the village was able to make some changes and they're going to consider continue to monitor those changes moving forward so again thanks for all of that detail heidi it was it was wonderful to hear about uh one of the great solutions that we were able to implement for our clients
1: thank you travis it's always great to speak about ways we can help address some of the concerns with pension funds um it's, it's so common that pensions are attacked in the media as the culprit of all of the problems um they're so expensive you hear this all the time, and, and in reality, the problem is usually the result of the funding policy that won't work in the long term. And so we are very passionate about educating our clients on these issues and have found that education goes a long way to resolve these problems. You know, It's often a lack of understanding um, that gets these funds into these situations in the first place, but we believe that pensions are really the most efficient tool to deliver retirement benefits, and we'll continue to work with all of our clients to address these issues wherever we can.
0: Great. Thanks again, Heidi. And thanks to our listeners. Thanks for being an integral part of our day. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear more, please subscribe to us wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Apple, or Google.